Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the World with Nate podcast. This podcast was created to shed light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My hope is that those stories will bring us all together in this thing that we all call life. My hope for this podcast episode is that you find it both enlightening and enjoyable. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Special thanks to my friend Buck Kurt of Hawkeye Storage and Consulting for helping me bring Season 2 of The World with Nate to YouTube. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2. I have another amazing guest I want to share with you today. Her name's Ashley Nate, and I came across her on the world of social media first, <laughs> and then I realized that her husband was someone I've known for years. When I first came across Ashley, there were some things I loved about her. What I love about you, Ashley, is your <laughs> infectious personality. You are always in an amazing mood, which if I can draw some of that, I'm going to. Um, you're a goal setter. And with that, you're a dreamer. And I love that because I'm a dreamer as well. But you're also a doer and you get things done. You get shit done. And I love that. <laughs> so I'd like to cover all those things and tell people a little about, bit about you and your story. Um, one of the things that stuck out, I had shared with you that when I came up with the World with Nate podcast name, <clears> I <throat> believe that there's a lot in a name. And I think we share some of that. Explain to me why you came up with the name Almond Tree Properties for you and your husband's property business. Yeah. So I grew up in Central California. And I actually, during my middle school years, we lived out in the country in the middle of an almond orchard. So that's kind of where, I mean, I guess otherwise, I don't know if I would have ever thought like almond tree, almond blossom. So that's kind of some background to actually having that be in my mind. But, um, yeah. and we, we loved living in that property. It was just, Justin and I would love to get out into the country someday. And I think a large part of why I want that so bad is how much that aspect of my childhood was just like our favorite house, our favorite location. It was just beautiful. But anyways, so that's kind of some background of where like the idea came from. But so then when we started, um, for some reason, I don't know if I had read it somewhere or if I just decided to Google it or, you know, what <laughs> happened. But um, I came to realize there's actually a lot of symbolism in the almond tree um, and almond tree blossoms. And the reason, so they're, they're known to be a symbol um, commonly known of, of resurrection uh, and new life and new beginnings. And yeah. The reason for that is that uh, the almond tree blossoms before anything else, often in the dead of winter, sometimes still in like February, the almond tree will start blossom. So it's kind of like that sign of new life, sign of spring coming, sign of like even as the seasons change, you know, when you have a rough season, you know, say winter, that better times are right around the corner and that new life and new beginnings are right around the corner. So it kind of symbolizes that. And so we felt in terms of our real estate business, how that could kind of tie in with what we're doing is, you know, if, if we were renovating a property, which I'll talk about that, <laughs> we did that one once, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, brings it, brings it to life to um, even the idea of us starting this business in general is kind of, us having a new beginning and kind of resurrecting into these new people who are all of a sudden entrepreneurial, which, you know, we, this is a new thing. We've been married for 
and we'll be nine years this summer. But I mean, the first five years of our marriage, I don't feel like we really thought of us as ever pursuing something entrepreneurial in the future. It just kind of, you know, the puzzle pieces came together and it just sort of happened. So, um, you know, resurrecting ourselves, our properties, um, you know, resurrecting people out of tough situations with what my husband is doing with <clears throat> buying houses with seller financing. We're do we've done lease to own um, for you know those that can't maybe get a traditional mortgage where you can um, lease it to them that way. And so there's just so many ways that you can look at real estate as resurrecting so that's yeah. where the that's where the name alma true properties came from sometimes we call it atp <laughs> just us but because it is kind yeah. of a it kind of is mouthful but um i love it yeah the and story behind shared, it is cool yeah when you shared the pictures of that property mm, and yeah. almond trees i was ignorant to that being a midwestern kid and never i imagine time. most people are <laughs> yeah um, and it was beautiful beautiful yeah. oh Heck yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just rows and rows. I mean, it was beautiful, not when they were blossoming, but then when they would blossom, it was like a heaven. A different level. <laughs> yeah, 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 heaven. It That's really a good was. thing for it. So. I think it's very fitting for what you guys are doing. And yeah. that was some of the, uh, Justin reached out to me in the <clears> beginning <throat> of the podcast and asked if I knew anyone within the real estate game. And mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure uh, what you guys were doing. And since then, that, this was two years ago now. We uh, watching what you guys are doing. It's amazing mm -hmm. and it's awesome and encouraging. And you know, I didn't the entrepreneurial game. It's crazy how sometimes you know life throws us those curveballs, yeah. and it's a decision. And then that decision leads to something that did you ever expect you'd be where you are now? Um, no, <laughs> probably not. Um, right. I like you went to school for what? So, well, I, so I went to UNI and I was never really somebody who knew what they wanted to do. I always kind of admire people who like grew up in elementary or in high school Same. and they're like, I'm going to college for this. And then they did. And they went to college for four years. They graduated in that. They're doing it now and they love it. Um, I was always kind of like, I don't know what I like. So I, well, when I was in high school, I remember thinking I was going to be an optometrist that like quickly went away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, that was just the flavor. Yeah. When, well, seemed like I, it seems would, like a good idea. When I would read old papers that I wrote about it, I was like, well, I just think eyes are really pretty. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I really <laughs> talking yourself into it. Yeah. I don't think I really had a lot of thought into it. Um, well, my dad's a doctor. He's a urologist. So I think that maybe that's why I was kind of thinking the health field, but I never really cared much for my science classes too much. It just wasn't like my top favorite thing favorite Your thing passion. to learn about so I figured yeah. probably not a good idea to go into that field then so anyways I went in undecided and then I was kind of thinking in my head I was going to do math education because I always really loved my math classes in high school and I always really thrived in math so yeah yeah I was always tutoring friends and that sort of thing so I did um, like just one semester of calculus in college, and I was like, "Never mind." <laughs> yeah, that turned that off real quick. Yeah. And so <laughs> That's awesome. then I switched to finance. So I had a cousin that graduated from U and I in finance. He did really well, and um, I figured that also still involves math and business and all of that. Um, 
And I was really involved in high school in our DECA, like the business club. So and took a lot of and I did take a lot of business classes in high school. So it wasn't like business was a new realm. It was actually something I kind of explored. So I did finance for a little while. Um, Well, I mean, I did end up keeping that as a degree. But so I had finance and then I added real estate as a made double major also. A lot of people did that at UNI. Finance real estate was kind of a pretty common double major. Um, but it wasn't really like what I'm anything related to what I'm doing in real estate right now. I yeah. feel like it was a lot more like the commercial side of things and okay. development. And yeah, um, so I did that. I joined clubs. Um, I interned at Agon in Cedar Rapids as a, a real estate and economic research sort of intern. Um, And then I interned in Minneapolis as appraisal and property management intern. Um, But granted, those are both like I said, it was all like commercial properties, not it wasn't really anything related to residential, which is funny, because I always said I like I would not touch residential real estate or being an agent. Because I was just really introverted and just the thought of having to be salesy. Yeah. No, I mean, being introverted is like what my innate thing is. And I've been like crushing through years of trying to like break through that. I've seen some of it. I I grew up shy and I feel like that's still deep down there. But I mean, one thing I'll say about myself is I'm always like working to get out of my comfort zone and like discover what I want. I'm going to keep pushing forward and trying rather than just being like, eh, this is how it is. So I was doing the real estate thing. I had that internship in Minneapolis and that was the, like the breaking point where I was like, um, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. I'm working in cubicle jobs. I'm a senior in college. I'm about to graduate with a major and I don't like what I'm doing. So like, my whole college experience was just like to get to this point and go out to the world and like hate my job, you know? And so I was like, uh, what do I do? Because I'm a senior now though. And so I kind of kept thinking about education still. And I was like, is there even a chance for me to do that at this point? I mean, I'm running out of time here. (laughs) 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 So I went and met with an advisor Um, And I think I had brought up math and she's like, well, how about business teaching? Because you are, you've already taken the business core classes. So you already have that. You just have to do the education classes and kind of mapped it all out for the way that that would work. Um, So I was like, yeah, like, let's do that. So I kept my finance degree because I was so far along in it. There was no point in not getting it. Um, and I also felt like I wanted to have both and like have that in case, you know, I wanted to switch. I just, I felt like it made me a lot, like have a lot more options. Um, but then I added, I dropped the real estate aspect of my major and then added business teaching, stayed a little bit longer. Um, well, and it's funny because I feel like in hindsight, if doing teaching, doing business teaching makes a lot more sense for me and than math teaching. So it's just kind of funny how at the time I'm was so like, Oh, I just wasted all this <coughs> time. And right. You know, just why, would, why is this happening to me? Everybody else is graduating. But then now looking back, it's like I had to go for business education and then switch to finance and then do those internships in the cubicle and not like them to yeah. get to this point. Like all of those things had to happen. And I feel like that's kind of a common 
theme that I've noticed in my life is that either things will like come full circle or that, you know, things that didn't work out initially, I'm like now seeing, oh, well, it makes complete (laughs) sense because it all makes sense now. And if it doesn't make sense now, just got to wait a little longer because there will be some point when you're like, I can see exactly like, okay, God, I know what you did there. Like, this is why that happened to bring me to this point. So, um, yeah, I I, ended up graduating with business teaching and finance and then student taught in West Des Moines and liked the Des Moines area. And so looked for jobs around there and found Indianola. And that's kind of where I landed. That's close to Des Moines. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, 20 minutes south of Des Moines. Okay. Yeah. So when, when you say, so I don't believe in coincidence Mm -hmm. and when you're saying, you know, seeing things come full circle and uh, things like that, there's a lot of that that's happened in my personal life as well. And you had mentioned faith. Mm -hmm. It seems like that plays a very important part in your life. Is that something that's been there forever or is that something that you've developed? Um, I would say, I mean, it's always been there. I grew up with a family that went to church every Sunday. Um, but it's been kind of like up and down depending on the point I'm at in life. You know, when I was in middle school, I feel like I was really into it. I went, you know, to the Wednesday nights and I would bring friends there. And like, then when I moved, so I moved from California to Iowa when I was a freshman. Um, and we still went to church every Sunday, but I feel like my like level of commitment into it (laughs) fell a lot more because you know you're in high school i'm more concerned with my friends my friend my mom (laughs) my parents you know always wanted me to do young life and have young life things at my house and i'm like uh you know like and so and then even into college when i was in college honestly i didn't really go to church on sundays there was probably like a handful of times i went to church at, in Cedar Falls, I mean, yeah. like two times total, I would go when I was back home with my parents, which is so weird to think about now, because that's such a huge aspect of my life right now to think that I didn't have that. And if I oh, did, I think it would have helped. Yeah, exactly. I And I think if I, if I had kept that a part <laughs> of my life, it would have helped me through some anxiety and things that I had, you know, especially in those end years when I was really worried about graduating and not knowing if I liked what I was doing or if I was making the right choices, I think it could have really helped. But, you know, we all kind of go through that or I know a lot yeah. of people do. And so yeah. when I was student uh, teaching in West Des Moines, then um, I went to Church of Hope, a big church up here. And I really liked that one. And then I just felt like every time I went, I mean, I because I had a lot of anxiety and during student teaching and then like that first year teaching any teacher will tell you is really really hard um because you're getting used to if you're i mean probably any level but especially high school getting used to the content i mean i was teaching accounting and i had taught i had taken like a accounting course in college and now i'm teaching that (laughs) subject matter expert and then pair that with how to manage students and keep order. (laughs) And so like, there's all of these things. And so um, I think bringing church back into my life really helped me through those times. And then slowly over time um, now, I mean, now we, we never miss a Sunday last year. It was one of my goals to not miss a Sunday. I made it through all year. 
I was going to go for two and then I got COVID, but no, you, you got know, COVID. I yeah, read that. I, I read like, that. I know. You can give yourself grace on that. Yeah, I know. That is. I know. I know. It was funny because I told my mom, I'm like, now I'm going to miss church and I haven't missed church in over a year. She's like, Heck that's yeah. the first thing I thought of. I knew you would be so mad. Awesome. It's well, that's fine. Cool, I watched it online, but exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, I think when you, when you go consistently and you really make that a part of your life versus just saying, I mean, there's a lot of people that like, yeah, I have faith, I believe, but then like, that's where they don't do anything beyond that. Like going to church, reading their Bible, getting in a home group or, you know, doing those extra things, you can still have a deep faith, but I think it makes all the difference when you're actually having that faith and then, doing those actions to surround yourself with those people in church in small groups outside of church and all of that. And I think it, yeah. I, I can see such a huge change in my life from that. I, I can say the exact same thing yeah. as someone who did not have faith. And then ha- I've been working at it mm-hmm. actively and doing the things you just spoke about, yeah. doing the men's groups and doing the activities and reading your Bible and I completely changed my life. <laughs> completely changed my life. Yeah. It makes it yeah. all the difference when you start doing those things, I feel like. And okay. and I realized later that all of these kind of entrepreneurial things that we were doing, I feel like a lot of them started after close after like we really started pressing into church and having a home group and just really making sure that we went every single Sunday. And I feel like things really started taking off. And I always preface that to say, it's not, God doesn't reward people for going to church. Like, well, I'm a good girl and I go to church and that's why, but I think that when, when you do that, it changes like your energy and your choices and your outlook. Yeah. It changes all of these things that have a ripple effect. So like, yeah, I always don't want people to think that I'm trying to say like, I'm better and God's rewarding me. That's not it at all. It's just like, it starts this chain reaction. Very powerful. Um, yeah. 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 So. I love that. I love that because I am the last person who's going to throw a stone. You know, mm-hmm. I am the sinner just like everybody else. Yep. But what it has done for me is what I can speak about. And I was right. not a believer. And now I am stone cold, 100% sold on what I believe mm-hmm. and the power in it. It's just amazing yeah so i appreciate you sharing that with with me and with the listeners they're gonna get a lot out of that I yeah think. that I was awesome so. hell yeah so <laughs> master you got a master's degree you yes. followed that into education yes so um so as i taught like about my second year i've talked about how when i was in high school i had done deca which is like a business club kind of think of it as like ffa to ag DECA is okay. the business. It's really similar. Of course, There's being from top, Iowa. Yeah. I'm I like, it's the easiest <laughs> way to under, to explain it. It's a student organization. There's competitions. You go to leadership things, that sort of thing. So gotcha. um, I started that program my second year. And that really, I, I mean, I always tried to find things that kind of would like spark a light in me to like, just, you know, keep the fire going <laughs> in education. Yeah. So um, I grew that program really big. Um we were the largest chapter in the state, I think like three or four years after I had started it. Uh, it just, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And so, I mean, I got to like my fifth year and then that's when I had got pregnant with Everett. Um, 
And I was like, well, if I'm going to keep, I still didn't know if people would have asked me, do you think that you're going to teach all the way, you know, for the rest of your career? I mean, I honestly was like, no, like I, and I don't want to say that to be, I don't know, sound bad to my teacher friends or anything. (laughs) I just, I just knew I didn't want to do it forever. It wasn't for you. Yeah. I just knew I liked doing it. I learned so much from it. It was a great experience. I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have those experiences. I just always kind of knew I didn't want to do it forever. I just didn't know what I was going to do though. So I just, you know, keep going along. And so I figured, well, if I'm going to keep doing this, I might as well get my master's because so that was kind of, you know, I'm like, well, if you get your master's, they pay you more. I'm like, might as well dig in a little bit more into education yeah. and might as well do it, you know, before we have any more kids because it's really time consuming. So, um, yeah, I was trying to ask Justin last night. I'm like, was I pregnant with Everett when I got when I was working on that? I think it was kind of a little bit before and then a little bit when he was a baby. But I mean, I just took two classes every single semester, fall, spring, summer, back to back to back. And I think I knocked it out in like two and a half years. I was just Heck like, yeah. go, I want to go as fast as I could go. That's feasible because you can only do so many class, you know, classes outside of working full time at once. But right. Um, yeah, so I had I got through yeah, that. I got my master's. We had Everett. Um, and then I feel like I was just kind of like itching for something different. And it was, I couldn't put in all of the energy that I was initially when I we had a baby. I feel like I was missing right. school because he was sick and I had to stay home. We don't have any family in the area. And so I was staying home with him. It's really hard to do sub plans. Um, and like the late nights, I mean, I used to work until like six every night. That was just what I did. But then when you right. have a baby, things change. You have to get him from daycare and you're just like, your priorities change. And so you just right. kind of pull back a little bit. Not that I was less of a teacher. I was also just a lot better at doing things and getting things done. I was a lot more efficient. Um, but yeah, I feel like I was feeling a little bit like, okay, you know, I'm ready for maybe something different. So I kind of, I think it's like maybe five, six years in, um, the, I kind of had two changes. So first thing that I got into that kind of re sparked something in me was, was a friend. Well, actually it was like just a Facebook friend. I didn't know her super well. Um, but have reached out to me online about, you know, doing a business with her and la la la. Everybody knows those messages. (laughs) And I was always like avoiding everything like that. I've sent them, I've sent them and I've got them. So I I mean, we can talk as much shit as we want about them. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been there, you get it. So I I mean, I had always ignored everything, but this one was about a business that related to wine. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, hmm. Maybe this is the one thing I could actually say yes to and do these, yeah, these network marketing things that you're doing. And so that's what sold me was the product. And I think, I think that at some level, deep down, I was looking for some sort of an outlet. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are looking for when they, Uh when they do those. Um, And a lot of people who said I would never do that or make fun of people are people who will end up wanting to find that outlet later. And they do find that outlet in a group of people like it's almost i i had heard from someone said once like that network marketing is just personal development with a compensation plan and that's really what it was for me it wasn't even necessarily about the money but that was like just 
that was the moment that experience that like this light bulb turned on in my head for entrepreneurship and the flexibility and the freedom that that could provide. So um, I joined that business and kind of jumped in, you know, feet first. And like many people do, it sounds like you, you yeah. have some experience, you know, doTERRA, me- me- oil. Messaged, every- <laughs> messaged everybody and their mom. Yep. And I had yeah. parties and I went to um, events. I actually, so the girl that I had joined under about like two, three weeks after I had joined, I mean, I really jumped head in. I ended up buying tickets last minute to go to their conference in Vegas I met, I met her in the airport, never had met her before, um, got on the plane, stayed with her and her husband in their Airbnb on the floor in in a blow up mattress. But, oh my gosh, that was one of the most, most fun experiences I've ever had going to Vegas with a bunch of people. And what really struck me about that environment is just, and this is kind of what you had said about me earlier, is that they were just all dreamers and positive and I love it. I feel like I hadn't really ever been in that atmosphere like that before. And that's what really drew me to it was just the positivity and how much it like pushed you to get out of your comfort zone. And, and so that was kind of the first big thing. So I did that for, um, for a little while, a couple of years, you know, made a little bit of money and just, I mean, really grew from here to here in terms of my mindset and like just the way that I saw things like I, I, all of a sudden, I just saw opportunities everywhere where I used to be like, no, no, you know, yeah. where I used to see risk and people being annoying or, you know, you, like my whole perspective changed where I started to see opportunity and everything. Um, and that's a really, I mean, that's not, not everybody sees that. And until you like somehow get yourself to that point that that light bulb goes on, then you know, I feel like there's always people on the other side that are like, I don't know, you know, they just don't get it. But maybe, maybe sometimes they will in their life, but where you start seeing those opportunities. So I had that going on. And then I got pregnant with our second son, Freddie. um, And also, why would you slow down? Right? Why slow down in life? (laughs) So then also, I had said I was kind of like itching to do something different. Um, but I had just got my master's and I wasn't ready to leave a full-time job and to leave education necessarily. I just kind of wanted to do something different outside of the classroom. So um, first I had interviewed and applied for a instructional coaching job at the high school where you kind of mentor other teachers. Okay. I interviewed for that. I didn't get that one. Another instructional coach job came up that was district wide and it was for um, it's called integrated core, I think is what they had called it, which is exactly what I do as a business teacher. So the integrated core is like the classes like electives and other fine arts areas that integrates the core concepts in by, you know, adding them into real life areas. Um, And so I was like, Oh, like, okay, God, I see why I didn't get that first one because you wanted me to do this one because this one is perfect for me because integrated core, like that is my passion is elective classes and real, you know, being able to expose students to the real world and those sorts of things and interviewed for that one and didn't get it again. And I was like, I mean, just feeling really defeated and just kind of like awkward for people who knew that I did that. Like, I don't know. It just feels like a big slap in the face, you know? And so 
so then I was on this committee for, um, we are adding this, uh, computer science curriculum into, uh, our high school business department. And so I was like on a committee for that. So I kind of knew the curriculum director at the time pretty well. And she knew that I had technology skills and spreadsheets and could make videos and things like that. Um, so she had pulled me aside at one of our meetings and was like, there's a new job coming up. It's called the elementary at risk coordinator. And I was like, yeah, what? Like I teach high school <laughs> Yeah. And also at risk, like, I don't know anything, you know, about at risk or elementary. Right. And she's like, well, let me explain it. Like, it just has a lot to do with collecting data and being able to, you know, organize, um, you know, liter literacy and math data and get that out to administrators, you know. And so it's like things that you know how to do because you have those skills. And I had those skills from my finance internships. And so... I ended up interviewing for that job and was kind of like, I swear to God, if I don't get this. And so, um, but then I ended up getting that job. And again, it's another example though of like things coming full circle because the whole reason that I got that job was having like the spreadsheet skills and analytical and data skills that I had. And the only reason I had those was from my internship experience when I was doing Heck finance yeah. and real estate. So it's just kind of funny how it came like that. Picture. Yeah. And so, and what I do in, in my current job now, I'm just, I mean, I'm using all of these formulas and, you know, <laughs> nerdy things, but all of these things that I learned then, and I'm like, I would have never known how to do any of those, nor would have I had this opportunity. And also I feel like it was just better suited for me yeah. anyway. So it's another example of like, I don't know why God had to give me two strikes. Like, come on, just one would have been good. <laughs> but it's like, okay. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't okay, it be great if we I got see. to decide that? Yeah, I know. This one was waiting for me. And so, um, so yeah, I, I was doing network marketing a little bit, got pregnant with Freddie, and then added, <laughs> changed jobs. And Thank then Justin you. changed jobs too. Dang. And then that brings me to the other thing we were doing at the time, which is where we got into real estate. Right. And so, um, that's a lot at one time. Yeah. We, while you're trying. <laughs> we go pick or go home. <laughs> I like it. But like, the thing is, it sounds like a lot and it, and it is, it's a lot. I think we just both are people that like, we like to stay busy and always have new challenges in front of us. But it's also all of these things were happening over time. So we were just, you know, taking the next step and things were happening. But yeah. it's not like on a daily basis, we were like running around with chicken, like chickens with our head cut off or anything. You know, it was all of these things kind of slowly came together and they were happening, happening simultaneously. But it wasn't like there was like a ton of things that we were doing at once all in one day. You know, um, I feel like a how lot did of you keep uh, your mental health and stuff steady while you were going through those changes? What sort of things did you do? I think just the excitement of everything was enough. Um, and then also, like we already talked about at length, is just my faith. I was faith. just, yeah, I just, I've always had a lot of faith and hope for the future and just kind of trusted that everything was going to come to be as it was going to come to be. And I think sometimes you just like, if you're not in that zone or you're tired or you're like, you're not in a good mental state, sometimes I think you do just have to, you know, take that night off, like 
Things are going to be fine if you don't get that Instagram post up for your brand. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world. Sometimes I'll just like get myself stressed out thinking like I need to do this right now. Um, But a lot of times if you ask yourself, you don't really need to do that thing right now. And if you're struggling and you're in a bad mindset, sometimes the best thing is just to walk away. Just like, just let it be. Go be with the kids. Go watch Netflix, yeah. read a book, whatever. Come back to it tomorrow and you'll be able to do it a lot better and in a better state of mind anyways. But I think Very the much. number one thing that has helped me is just that phrase, one day at a time. Like you just have to remember, like just always ask yourself, what do I need to do right now for tomorrow? Instead Heck of yeah. getting so worked up over the big picture of what you're working towards and everything that has to happen to get to this final destination. It's like, yes, that's a lot, but you're not doing that all today. You know, right. just do what you need to do today, tomorrow, do what you need to do tomorrow. And just, you know, I feel like whenever I start getting stressed and I feel like that's where a lot of stress comes from for a lot of people is just, you see all of these things. It feels like this, you have this crippling overwhelm feeling and then you just don't do any of it, but you just have to, you know, pick something, just do what you need to do today. I remember when I like wrote, when I uh, wrote maternity leave plans for Everett. So that was the only time I had written those. Cause that was another great thing about when I switched roles <laughs> was that when I was on maternity leave, it was that my, I was in the new position. So I wasn't in the classroom anymore. So I didn't have to write lesson plans, but that's a lot of work. And I just remember sitting at my desk one night, just like ready to cry. Cause I'm like, how am I going to put together all of this? But then I'm like, just remember, I don't need to do it today. Like, I'm just going to do two lessons tonight. I'll do a little bit tomorrow, a little, you know, each Heck yeah. just kind of the way to think about things. And just remember that things happen. You'll just problem solve along Heck the way yeah. and you'll slowly get there. Well, Sometimes another I thing think, that, sorry, I, that you do an amazing job of is your goal setting. I love that, too. Yeah, I feel like that's a newer thing, but I did do that last year, and it was really fun to look at at the end of the year. And then, so this year, I was like, I need to do that again where I write it write it all yeah. out and holds me a little bit more accountable. Um, and it I know, does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it gives you guidance for where you're trying to go in the future, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes just recognizing like the changes that you're making and the habits that you're doing. I mean, one time I had, I had a lot of success um, with doing like a workout plan by just saying I was going to do 30 minutes a day for 30 days. This was like sometime last year I had done this. And um, I feel like you have like for me having habit goals or streak goals or things like that are just ways to stay motivated because otherwise if your goal is only that very end picture, then what's there to celebrate along the way? You have to have those celebrations yeah. along the way of, oh, I did this for five days, for 10 days, for 20 days, or just noticing changes in yourself um, and celebrating that you are that you took the first step or that you're at this point rather than waiting all the way to the end to say, okay, I finally did it, to recognize <laughs> yeah. like, I remember when we started and we can, we'll get to this later, but when we um, had decided, okay, for real, for real, we're going to buy a short-term rental. I mean, the first step is just getting a, getting a pre-approval, like actually just 
putting some like action in motion to move the ball forward versus talking about it. And I think I had done a post about that and just celebrating, like we did it, we got pre-approved. Like, you know, (laughs) you have to celebrate those little steps along the way. Um, And I think that's a big part of, of staying motivated is celebrating all those small wins. I love it. But, and personally, I don't find much motivation or inspiration in, what society deems as typical, like mm-hmm. the whoever's the hot thing right yeah. now. I can't even say, and I'm not going to say who I would think because yeah. it will age me and make me look <laughs> stupid. But I find inspiration and motivation in people like yourself who do those sort of things and set those goals and crush them. And then if you don't, you know, you reflect and you mm-hmm. talk about why you didn't and the issues that came up during. Because guess what? We're all human and it happens to all of us. You know, yeah. people set goals and miss them more so than they hit them. Right. And that's not always shared, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate yeah, your sure. authenticity. Yeah, I think it's good to share the journey. And I mean, there will be sometimes where I question it. Even that goal post, honestly, I had had written up for a long time, but I was just kind of like holding off. I'm like, I yeah. don't want to post that. I posted something positive or like, you know, inspirational yesterday, or like I talked about how we just got the LJ Kai up in like recently. I don't want to post these right now because then everybody's going to think I'm being braggy. And sometimes you kind of get in your head and worry you about do. that. But it's like, I mean, I can't help if there's certain people that do think that about me. But I mean, all I'm trying to do through sharing our journey is to be able to inspire somebody else. And Hell yeah. A lot of times when I'm feeling like I want to, I should stop doing that. I'm being too much. Then those will be the times that, you know, someone shows up in my inbox and is like, I just want to let you know, I decided to Heck start yeah. this business. And a large part of it is because you inspired me and you're like, what? And so then it's awesome. just that reminder from God to like, you are helping people through sharing your story and don't get in your head and worry about people are going to think that, you know, oh, she's arrogant or she's bragging. It's like, no, I'm not doing that and also you don't even know everything that like we've done and all of the times we've tripped and you know right. had issues getting to this point and how much you know what our insecurities are because of we're looking at people you know so yeah you just can't let that worry you and there's no, a lot that of people self-talk. that are yeah that's important oh yeah yeah i mean because i mean i preach all the time like oh don't worry about what people think and you know to be you and la 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 and i'm like it's i feel like half the times when if people read my posts they should know i'm writing to myself many times because these are the same things that i'm worried about if i'm preaching about you know just being yourself and being unashamedly you and not worrying it's because i have those same struggles of worrying that people are going to think I'm being too, too much or too over the top or I'm annoying people. And so it's something we all deal with, but. Hell yeah. That was a very strong sentiment. Well, one thing that I want to assure you of is to never feel that way because I am your biggest TikTok (laughs) fan. Me and my wife love, (laughs) love seeing your content on TikTok. If you're close, I would have you be helping me create Oh, heck yeah. I've had someone else ask me that before. And you I'm like, kill it really? on TikTok. Yeah. Well, see, that self talk <laughs> yeah, get out exactly, there. Exactly. Hell yeah. But, um, I love it. But yeah, I mean, I think I started to say so. Um, we, I started that new job. New job. Well, both of us, new jobs, baby. Right, I did the network baby. marketing for a little bit. And then the, as that kind of slowed down when I was pregnant, I remember I was selling wine. 
So <laughs> I was kind of like, eh. but then that's when we kind of started looking into real estate. Um, we were listening to like bigger pockets podcast It's the big real estate investors podcast. So we were listening to that a lot. I had actually bought a wholesale sort of program and kind of got interested into what wholesaling was. Um, and then we had gone to this three day fortune builders, real estate investing sort of conference i don't know information thing like so we are just kind of doing things and these things are costing money too and i think it's important for people a lot of people shy away from that because they're like oh they just want my money or like oh five five hundred dollars to go and learn about this thing or get this person's course like i'm not gonna do that but a lot of what where we got to today is because we weren't afraid to invest some money and drop you know drop some hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars into masterminds and that sort of a thing. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. shy away from that, but I would encourage people to not shy away from that. And I mean, you don't put much thought into spending $200 at target. So why are you putting like so much thought into spending $200 on something that can help you level up? So hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we were, so we were doing those sorts of things and then um, we had started almond tree properties. We got all the LLC paperwork and everything in. And so Then I saw on Zillow, um, we knew we wanted to buy a rental, but we didn't know how the heck we were going to do it. We didn't have just thousands of dollars in the bank just to make a down payment on something. So there are a lot of people who find themselves in that. Right. Hey, I want to do this, but maybe this sets in the way or this Mm -hmm. sets in the way. And so you found yourself in that. I think with real estate, especially because they're like, how am I going to do it if I don't have money for a down payment? You know, and then it just, then you just don't do anything. Cause I feel like we would have done it maybe like three years earlier, but we were like, well, we don't have any money for a down payment. So never mind. mind." Well, so so, yeah, (laughs) we've done a lot lot of creative things. So what we did is, well, first, so I sat, I found this five flex on Zillow and I was like, I feel like this is not super expensive and we can afford this. And I feel like it looks like it's profitable and it's by Simpsons. So Simpson students will probably run it, which is definitely not our target market. But that's what I thought. Or like, that's not how it works. But th- that's what I thought at the time. So we're like, well, let's call and go and take a look. I mean, <laughs> as a realtor, normally when you show properties, you're like, do you have a pre-approval? Like, are you know, do you have everything ready? Right. And we're like, we have no idea we're going to buy this. <laughs> we, but, we're well, <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell the, the owner that. Well, so it was listed for sale by owner and okay. we didn't have a buyer's agent. So we are both parties were unrepresented, which is kind of funny now because now I'm a realtor and just you it's like, that, that seems pretty risky to do it that way. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. Justin looked at it and we were interested. And so then we're like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? So we're like, well, let's just call the bank, I guess. And, you know, see what our options. Yeah. And that's again, where a lot of people get held up because they just automatically like dismiss that because they think they can't do it instead of taking the first step. And when I, when I preach a lot about taking the first step, it doesn't mean buy the property like the first step is like find out what you need to do to get there, like make some calls and then make a plan. And so um, he talked to the lender. We found out about doing a cash out refinance. Um, So basically if you have a lot of equity in your house, which we had because we bought low and we had lived there for a little bit, 
you can take cash out of that equity and then basically refinance to a new loan for a higher amount. Um, so you kind of like wrap that cash that you took out into a new loan. So say you had, um, say you had a house that was worth 200,000 and you owed 100,000. So you have a thousand or a hundred thousand of equity there. Um, most banks will let you do a cash out refinance for up to 80% of the value of the house. Sometimes they'll go higher. Um, so if the house is worth 200,000, 80% of that would be 160,000. So that 160,000 to the 100,000 you have on your current loan, that 60,000 you can take out in cash. Um, for a down payment on a home. Right. That was our intention. You can take it out for whatever reason. Do whatever you want. As long as you pay the bank. Yeah. Right. As long as you pay. I was just doing it for fun money, but we were doing it. No, we're talking about real estate investment (laughs) here and getting leveling up. I wouldn't suggest buying a boat with it, but you know. (laughs) In investment. Yeah. So we, you were, you can take that, you know, say it was 60,000 out and then Basically, you have a new loan now. Now you have a loan for one hundred and sixty thousand on your house. So your payment could potentially go up, but depending on what the interest rates are. I mean, interest rates were going down, so I don't think our payment changed all that much. Even though we took cash out, it just obviously that depends. And so um, that's how we got the cash to put money down on start your dream. Yeah, yeah. So heck yeah. So. and like I said, I, w- I we weren't working with an agent, so I like Googled like, oh, sample offer letter. <laughs> <Heck yeah. laughs> like, I, I literally, I'm like, I don't know what to offer. I just offered them 10000 below yeah. asking. I'm like, well, this sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wrote the offer letter myself. It'd be kind of funny to look at it now because now, now I actually You're do write legit offers. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so, and the, the guy accepted it and we closed. We, I mean, this was all when I was like eight, min- eight months pregnant with Freddie. I mean, I was like really Heck pregnant, yeah. really pregnant and about to start a new job. And we're like, why not buy our first rental property? I love it. I love people that do that kind of thing because I'm the same way. It's like, well, time's ticking, you know? So we closed on it um, a little bit. I think like maybe Freddie was like two, three weeks old or something by the time that we had closed on it. Um, There was a couple existing tenants. I mean, there there was one unit that was abandoned by a tenant and was like completely destroyed and filled with stuff. Like, I'm you've got a problem solve <laughs> and Real quick. Know, yeah and know that don't let those little bumps in the road or and things like that get get you too much and be like you know we could have been like oh my gosh you know i can't believe like we should have never done this we don't know what we're doing yeah. we could have started panicking but we're just like you know whatever i go over there one day get the stuff out we repainted we put in some different floors because the previous owner had actually left us some flooring um we had to replace the carpet in there because it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think a couple of the other tenants moved out. And so then we had property management for a little bit that managed it for us. And then our property management stopped servicing Indianola. And then we just decided to manage it ourselves and save yeah. the property management fee. So right now we just self-manage it. Um, and again, there's been bumps in the road with it you know uh you know this is uh there's four studio apartments one one bedroom you know they're smaller this is low income housing and we've had some (laughs) 
we've had some issues before. We've had cops called and yeah. potential fire in the building. I mean, we've had some crazy things happen. <laughs> and yeah. again, but you, get you just you, yeah, you do. You know, it. You just really do. You just have to take take a deep breath. Okay, like assess the situation. What do we need to do? Like and. And now looking back, it's fine. Like everything that has happened, and there hasn't been a lot. I don't want to make it sound like it's been a disaster. We've, it's been a great investment, honestly. Um, we at this point make a thousand dollars a month in cash flow off of it, and that's really hard okay. to come by. Um, but it's older, so it's going to need some renovations in the future and, and things like that. But, but yeah, you just. You just do it, and you learn as you go. Um, <laughs> I love that's that. another thing too that you don't want to wait until you feel like you're completely ready and know all of the things before you do it. You learn by doing. And at this point now, I mean, we have five great tenants in it. We have one of the original tenants still in it. Otherwise there's four new ones. And I've just placed them myself through putting a post on my Facebook and using right. this application I learned about. And it's been all self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we still have that to this day. And then we also, with that same down payment money, put a down payment on another place. And this was a different situation. So we've kind of done, we've tried out different, <laughs> different areas. Ways of, of I going mean, I, about it. I feel like we've done everything, every type of real estate investment you can do. So this time with the second property, we wanted to do what's called a BRRRR. It's just B-R-R-R which stands for buy, renovate, refinance, and rent. So basically the idea is that you buy a property for cheap that needs work, you renovate it, and then you do what we did to get this money that initial time. So you um, refinance it, do like a, basically that cash out refinance. So when you renovate it, the property value went up a lot from when you had bought it right. because now it's worth more. So basically what you do is what we had done initially um, with our house, except now we're doing it on this, that property is you refinance it, you pull the cash out and then um, you have everything out and then you go on and you do it again is the idea. But it's really hard to do what would be called like a perfect burr where you are able to successfully get everything back out that you put in. Um, we came pretty close to doing that, but we didn't get everything back out. Granted, we'll make money on it, but some of the money is still tied up in the house. Um, right. But yeah, we bought that bought that cheap, and that was our first renovation. We totally gutted the kitchen, gutted the bathroom, refurbished. Just the wealth of experience that yeah. you guys got. Yeah. You talk about the monetary value or the <laughs> income that you'll gain. Yep. But the networking and the amount of people you have to speak to to get the codes and the people working in your house. Yeah. Some of that stuff's invaluable. Oh, like yeah. Justin and I were just talking about that last night because he's like, yeah, well, I went, you know, we didn't make that much money off of it. I'm like, first of all, we made money off of it. So you didn't lose money. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Like, Hell yeah. We came out ahead. And like, yeah. you can't put a price, like you said, on no. everything that we learned from that experience. And so also... So we took that money back out um, and then we did a lease to own. So we got a $10,000 down payment and now, and then we basically sold the house on contract to someone. So this person 
owns it and we're basically the bank to them sort of it's almost like we mortgaged it to them so we get money he pays us each month a little bit more than what our mortgage is so we're making some monthly cash flow off of it still to this day and then ultimately when he gets a mortgage through a bank then that'll pay us off like that'll pay us off that'll pay off the loan that we still have on it and we'll have the rest of the money out because right now there's still some money tied up in it but it's not it's not a big deal it's just sitting there Um, all little streams add up to one big pot right yeah i mean we've just got messy with some with stuff (laughs) the thing is with those cash out refinances though the way i look at it is we didn't take that cash out and then spend it really per se because the money is just underneath a different asset now. Like before that money was tied to our house. Now we use it for a down payment over here. So the money's still there and we sell it. I mean, it's still there in equity. We just, it's almost like we just shifted it over. So it's not like we spent it really. We just moved it. It's kind of a (laughs) different way to look at it. But when we did that renovation, we did a HELOC on our primary residence. Um, getting pretty I deep. think how we did that. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one. Yeah. So that's a home equity line of credit. And so we still had equity in our home, even when we took that cash out. Cause I think this was maybe a year or two later. Um, and so it's basically like a credit card line that you can take out with your house as the leverage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so some people, and a this is just what we did. And maybe we're a little risky and crazy, but so (laughs) some people might be like, "Eh, I don't want to do that. But yeah. Yeah. So basically we, yeah, we took the HELOC out on our primary residence and that's how we got the money for the renovation. Cause we had enough money from the original cash we pulled out for the down payment, but we didn't have money for the renovation and we spent like 50 grand on the renovation. And so, um, and then we, when we did the refinance, we got that all back, but had to figure um, out how to pay for it. Yep. In the meantime, that's what we did. And yeah, <laughs> I don't oh, think yeah. that it, that was, a, I don't want to, I don't know, fun. It was, it was a learning experience and I'm glad it's an experience that we had because now we can kind of say we've did essentially a flip. Um, yeah. I don't think we personally have any interest in doing that again in the future. <laughs> it's, I'm sure we would get better each time, but I mean, it's just a lot of work. I'm more for that, like, passive income like our rental is passive i don't have to do anything some people call it mailbox money you know like the checks just come to us and we're good granted sometimes there's tenant issues where you know since we're managing it ourselves, we haven't had any issues with our current tenants knock on wood (laughs) they're wonderful um but otherwise it's pretty passive you don't have to really you don't have to do a lot whereas when you're doing a renovation everything's active like you can make bigger money in the end if you do it right. But I mean, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts there. (laughs) So, um, when we were looking for that property to do the flip, that's when I got my first idea in my head of getting my license because we had looked at several properties and I was like, maybe I should get my license just so that when we want to look at something, I don't always have to go and try to find a realtor to show us. Right. And that was my first idea of getting the license just as a supplement to growing our business. Right. Um, and then I had met with a couple of friends that were realtors. We have a pretty good friend that's a realtor. Um, 
And he's like, I feel like you would be really good at it. And I just like, then my wheels kind of started turning again. And I was like, why am I doing this only as a supplement? I think that I would actually really like this. I like helping people. I like marketing. I love real estate. I like problem solving. I, I get bored quickly. So the good thing about, you know, doing these sorts of things is everything, every deal is different. Every property is different. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, yeah, actually, this makes sense to make this be more more of a thing for me than uh, than just, you know, something to have, you know, kind of for fun. And so yeah. um, I'm actually at the end of this May leaving the school district and uh, doing real estate, I'll say full time ish. We all have another baby on the way, but I did resign from my job at at the school, so we're now we're really entering a new a new chapter. Um, that's kind of scary when you're leaving W two income job and going to uh, <laughs> yeah going with to, a baby on the way. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I've always been one that if I feel like I need something different or I need a change or. I don't want to say like I'm unhappy now, but just maybe like a little bit bored with what I'm doing now, or I just need something to reinvigorate me, then I'm going to do something different. You know, um, I think a lot of people are just, just kind of go through the motions, live for the weekends. And then you have that, you know, Sunday scaries back to work Monday. And it's just like the cyclical thing. And I'm like, I just, I feel like made a promise to myself when I was younger that I was never going to do that. And if I don't like something or I'm not feeling fulfilled, um, cause I've had a lot of great jobs that I've learned a lot at. I wouldn't say I really have anything I, I've done that I totally hate, but I do feel like I'll, I'll get bored quickly or I'll just be longing for something different and, and I'll, I'll move then. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to stay put. So I'm really excited for this new chapter, but also scared. <laughs> it is Heck yeah. pretty scary <laughs> thinking about having to replace my salary with real estate and that imposter syndrome and you start getting in your head (laughs) and because remember I said when I was in college for real estate here's another example going full circle I said I will never be an agent yeah you know remember you saying yeah too introverted too shy I can't do the sales thing so it's just funny how then all of these all of the things that I've talked about have led to this point, like starting with like the network marketing and then getting yeah, the new yeah. job, the real estate investing. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. I finished in April. I got my license last April and kind of pressed in a little bit harder over the summer when I had summer off. Um, and now I'm back to working full time. You know, I went back to school full time in August. Um but I've just still been kind of doing that on the side as much as I can while still working full time. And then we'll really press into that after I'm done with this job. And after this baby, we'll we'll just kind of see the summer might be a little bit crazy with a July, baby. but it's all just a season, you know, the babies grow up quickly as you've seen with your two now. And sometimes you got to burn the boat. So I feel like I'm kind of entering a part of sink or swim, which I can kind of smile and laugh about now, but you know, I mean, I'm definitely worried about it, but I know that I know that God will provide and just have to have hope that, you know, it'll somehow, some way things will just come to be and it'll, it'll be fine. You have made the necessary steps for the path that you're about to walk. 
Yeah. You do not have to worry, Ashley. (laughs) It'll all all work out. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. Yeah. Heck yeah. But um, I can't let you get out of here without your um, edition of the firing range. It's a quick this or that game. Okay. And uh, you have to pick whichever one speaks to you at the current moment. There's no wrong answer. Um, This episode of the firing range was brought to you by Brittany Ott of Brittany Elaine Photography. Mm -hmm. She's a studio based in rural Dunkerton, Iowa, specializing in lifestyle photography. She offers both posed and candid experiences, which capture more real emotion and natural reactions within your family. Contact Brittany today at 319-464-2405 or visit her BrittanyElainePhotography.com, all one word, no spaces. Check out Brittany Elaine Photography on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Without any further ado, Ash, are you ready for your so I'm just episode saying, of the Firing Range? Yes, just whatever word. Just please. I'll ask you okay. two words, and you pick one of them. Okay. The first one is flowers or houseplants? Houseplants. Blonde or brunette? Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Playing piano or singing karaoke? Oh, singing karaoke. <laughs> Turnkey or a fixer-upper? Turnkey, hands down. Audio book or paperback book? Paper. Target or Goodwill? Oh, Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> a, mount, a mountain home or a beachfront property? Mountain, hands down. <laughs> West Coast or the Midwest? Midwest. And the final one I have for you today. Blue Ridge Mountains, Des Moines Metro, or a California Almond Orchard? Mm, I'm going to have to go Blue Ridge. Heck yeah. The Almond Orchard's really tempting, but if I can move it out of California. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) I feel the same sentiment. I would be more inclined. Heck yeah. But uh, yeah, we didn't even get to the really the short-term rental, I realized. But yeah, we got got a cabin in Elegant, Georgia, Georgia, too. Yeah, that's our latest venture, so... And I will share all that information on my social media. And I also wrap up on my website about the experience and how I came to meet. So I'll share all of that information on there with the listeners so they see the whole picture. Yeah, there's a a lot of the picture and we're we're not done, but it's been been a fun ride. Encourage anyone to take the first step. (laughs) I appreciate you uh, taking your time and coming on, Ashley. I think a lot of you, I think a lot of your family, how you guys take the jump. It's not easy. You know, there are people don't see it on the inside, the insecurities and the tough Mm -hmm. things that come about when you're trying something new. And like you said, things that you've never done before and you don't even know how to do. Mm -hmm. And you're just trying to do the best you can. And there is a ton of value in that. And I think the listeners are going to be able to relate and they're just going to love this episode. So thank you for your time. Thank you. And one more thing before you guys go, I'm wearing a Tate's army shirt. And if you haven't listened, he was a guest on season one. Um, His father, Ryan Manal Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about his experience with Tate. They have an event coming up March 5th. If you want to check it out, go to tatesarmy.org for more information. That is all the time we have today. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Special thanks to my friend Katie Hine at Mattress by Appointment Cedar Falls for her sponsorship of Season 2 of The World with Nate.